Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We have hit the quarter pole of the Patriots season. For those not familiar, quarter pole, as Evan likes to point out, actually refers to the final quarter of the racetrack. You're three-fourths through the race. Right. You're getting to the final quarter. This is down the stretch of the season, down the stretch of the horse race. Patriots are 12 games in, four to go. We'll take a look at both the last 12 and the next four. I'm Alex Barth, joined by Evan Lazar. This is the Patriots Press Pass, brought to you by betonline.ag. Visit their website. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus. Evan, we've done two of these videos so far already. We're going to keep the same format. Every four games, we take a big picture look at the Patriots. Through 12 games, who is their MVP? I think it's still the quarterback in a lot of ways, but I'm actually going to go to the defensive side of the ball and give it to Stephon Gilmore. I mean, it's been one or the other this whole time. You know, listen, the quarterback position just inherently is going to be a very valuable spot on your team, especially when that guy is playing well. It's also least valuable when he's not playing well. So we've seen that at times here this season too. Stephon Gilmore, though, in that game against DeAndre Hopkins, he had two snaps where DeAndre Hopkins was doubled. Two. The rest of the game, Stephon Gilmore basically kept him in check all on his own with some post-safety help, but the ability to have one guy shut down one side of the field or one player in a matchup like the Patriots put him in so often in man coverage, really it's, it frees up the entire defense. It's what the right. starting point of the entire game plan is every single week. And I said the other day on Patriots leftovers, Stephon Gilmore really should be in the NFL MVP conversation. Yeah. I know he won't be in giving that award to a defensive back. It's just nothing that's not something that's never going to happen. Correct. But you really break down most valuable player, what he has meant to the Patriots defense. And the guys in that secondary, in that defensive, told us yeah. everything they do, all their successes here, starts with knowing he's going to take somebody away. So right. it's got to be Gilmore for me. But Brady is still the yeah. cog that's keeping the offense going. All right. What's been the biggest surprise for you so far this season through 12 games? Well, I think the biggest surprise has probably been the fact that they really haven't gotten a ton out of so, this. So, again, in a, we, you forget this every time. We do surprise, we do disappointment. Give me a good one. I'm giving you surprise now. Okay. All right. Biggest surprise so far, this rookie class. Not yep. not a ton yet out of the rookie class. Nikhil Harry has obviously only played in three games, right? But he really hasn't been much besides that one touchdown. Jawan Williams, granted, it's a stacked secondary, so you can't really fault yep. him for that. Hasn't really gotten on the field. Damon Harris literally hasn't gotten on the field. Chase Winovich and Jake Bailey are really your two contributors on, on out of this entire draft class. You look at that and you say – that's probably not what they thought when they right. picked all these guys, picked nine guys and only have two, or maybe it was eight guys, eight or nine guys, and you only have two of them really contributing at this point. Yanni Kajusa is a redshirt season. He's yeah. forgotten soul. Damian Harris is not going to get on the field anytime soon. So I think that that's where I would start biggest surprise. If that's your surprise, I, I can't wait to hear your disappointment. Yeah. I'm going to go with the rookie. You actually didn't mention Jacoby Myers, the undrafted yeah. rookie. I think he's carved out a nice role for himself. The numbers aren't massive. He's not a world beater, but I don't think anybody expected him to be. Yeah. But he's been a reliable third option. He's shown impressive ability after the catch. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's somebody that, you know, could have not 
you know, a, a breakout role, but a role in this offense for the next five to six years if he keeps doing what he's doing now and building on that. So, so how often do we find do we hear this in New England that the undrafted guy right. is outperforming Especially, the first round pick? It right. happens every year with somebody happens, at some uh, spot. J.C. Jackson last, last year, year and Duke Dawson. Right. There you go. It just all the time all every right. year. After just, your, just pick Nikhil. Just wait to sign Nikhil Harry as an undrafted <laughs> rookie, and we'll, we'll be fine. After your sunshine and roses surprise. What's your biggest disappointment? Well, man, this is a tough one because I think there's a lot of disappointment on the offensive side of the ball for a lot of people. But I just think it's the tight end position as a whole. Yeah. I'm not labeling it as one particular person. Because it's really just been a whole just honestly i think the biggest disappointment about the tight end position probably is with bill belichick in the front office and the fact that they didn't really address this going into the season and that's why we're in the spot that we're in right now but malakos ben watson ryan izzo who's been concussed but literally can't get on the field either kind of on the damian harris track at this point those three guys they are 32nd in the league right now in tight end production. 32nd in catches, 32nd in yards, 32nd in touchdowns. Dead last in all three categories. That's really not what you're looking for. I'm going to go, this is a little more recent. It's actually Mohamed Sanu for me. Yeah. This was a guy that gave up a second round pick to get him. He's a guy they've coveted for a long time. And in that Baltimore game, he looked like he was getting something Right, going. and, and yeah. everything was set up for this guy to come in, make an immediate impact, save the offense. Yeah. And it was going to take... Uh, a lot of work off Nikhil Harry's plate. He was going to be able to ease himself in a little more. But Sanu has been a non-factor at best. Yeah. And at worst, you could argue actually cost them in some ways that game in Houston. I expected this guy to come in to contribute, to put up numbers and, and help get the offense and, and, and get them back above water and get them afloat. You could argue he's done the opposite. Injuries of are that. killer, man. As soon as he got that ankle injury, I know it was only one week that he technically missed yeah. games wise, but you have him sit out a week, a couple weeks of practice where he's limited. It just it seemed like the ball was rolling pretty fast after Baltimore, and then it just hit kind of a sure. skid after that injury happened. What has been the best moment of the season for you so far? We're going whole season or are we just going last four we'll weeks? Go, uh both. Both. All right. I would say the last four weeks, I would give it to Stephon Gilmore and the interception against Dallas on Amari yep. Cooper. That's just one hell of a play. That was, like, yeah. I don't know if it's the biggest moment or the most exciting moment or whatever you want to call it, but I think that, that was probably one of the best plays the Patriots have made as a team all season long. Yep. So I give that to Gilmore. I still think Matthew Slater's touchdown is the best moment of the year. To have the yeah. guy finally it's score hard, it's hard a to touchdown argue after that. all these years, to finally get in the end zone. I was hoping that it was going to be a pass, that he was going to catch a touchdown pass from Tom Brady. It's on a blocked punt, but, but we'll it, take it. Doesn't it kind of we'll take Matthew it. Slater's first career touchdown? Doesn't it kind of have to be on it's special kinda teams? It kind of does. Wouldn't it yeah. be wrong if it wasn't? Yeah. All right. So that's looking back at the last 12. we got to look forward to the next four, the final four for the Patriots right. as they round the season off. They're almost through this murderer's row. They have the Chiefs here yeah. this week. Then they go on the road to Cincinnati. What could be, probably will be, a very big game against Buffalo here, and they close the season out here against Miami. What is your just overarching thought on the final four games? Take care of business. Take care of business. That's all it is, right? You got a bunch of home games in there, right? You got three three or four home games. You're playing AFC East teams, which you beat up on all the time. Bill, uh, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman on this field in the regular season against the AFC, 42-0. 
never lost. 42-0 yep. and in the regular season when Brady and Edelman are both in the lineup against the AFC. Bunch of AFC opponents coming up here on this field. Take care of business. Go beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Don't even blow start the doors with that. off. I, right. I, need, so, I think we need a blowout just to kind of settle everybody if down. When your only road game is in Cincinnati, then I think you're pretty good shape. So they take care of business. They don't hold their own, car, their own destiny. They don't hold the cards in the AFC. But if they take care of business. They win these four last four games. They're going to be at worst the two seed. You get that first round by and you see yeah. what happens. I will say, though. It is interesting at this time of year for us. It's unfamiliar territory. We sound like spoiled Patriots fans, but there is a divisional race. It's a divisional right? race. Oh, yeah. We, we're a Patriots and Bills. Definitely. Even, let's say, hypothetically, let's say the Patriots fall to I the Chiefs I think Baltimore here. is going to help out the Patriots a little right. bit in that's this divisional tough, race that's you, going you on, You probably have a hat and t-shirt game here in two weeks yeah. against a divisional opponent to lock up the division. That's something we even seen here, at least this late in the year. They've had I hat don't think that they can games. lose the division in Week 16. but They, they can't can win it. But I don't think they or, can lose it, but I think they can win it. They can win it. Right? So they, they can make Week 17 irrelevant by winning that right. Week 16 exactly. game. Exactly. I, I don't remember the last time this late in the year they had a hat and t-shirt game yeah. here for the division against a divisional opponent. All right. Uh, that was a very brief recap of what's been a very interesting Patriots season. Of course, for more coverage, make sure you check us out online at clnsmedia.com and on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. This edition of Patriots Press Pass has been brought to you by betonline.ag. Visit their website. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus. For Evan Lazar, I'm Alex Barth from Gillette Stadium. Thanks for watching. It's no secret early on in his Patriots career, Nikhil Harry has struggled, but does the blame for his rookie year issues go beyond the player himself? I'm Alex Barth. He's Evan Lazar. This is Patriots Press Pass. Evan, like I said off the top, Nikhil Harry, the production hasn't been what we expected, but you've had a theory you've put out there on Twitter, on some of our videos, that the anger maybe sure not the anger the, the frustration maybe shouldn't be directed at Nikhil yeah so I really think that the coaching staff starting with Josh McDaniels is putting Nikhil Harry in a really tough spot right now in a position where he is not going to succeed if you are expecting Nikhil Harry after watching him at Arizona State after watching him in training camp and a couple of weeks of practice yeah. and games that he's played already if you're expecting Nikhil Harry to run a timing in cut or from the X spot, again, one-on-one coverage, press coverage on the outside with a good corner, and you want him to run timing routes, you got the wrong guy. That's not the guy that you drafted. The guy that you drafted is a jump ball specialist. He's a downfield vertical threat, and he's great after the catch with the ball in his hands. Throw him screens, throw him little crossing routes, throw him deep balls, throw him fades, back shoulders, high point the ball down the field. That's his skill set. Right now they're asking him to be a precision route runner, which he has never been at any stage of his collegiate or NFL career. Time and time again we see that he does not have the route running technique to be that guy. Time and time again they're asking him to run slants and in cuts and these little timing precision routes that have to be on the same page as the quarterback and run with great technique at the top of the route and it's just not his game and I don't know what they're seeing that made them thought that he was going to be successful in those situations. So let's say that maybe this is the Patriots want him to be that guy and they yeah. drafted him thinking they could turn him into that guy is that realistic? How quickly can that be done? Maybe realistic in his career at some point right. over the next four or five seasons, he could turn into that guy. But as a rookie, to get him the best out of Nikhil Harry right now, and quite frankly, the Patriots need the best out of Nikhil Harry right now. Sure. They need that kind of spark in their offense. He should be a specialized player in the open field. We're talking screens, high point fades, back shoulders, simplify his route tree in the open field. In the red zone, throw the guy the ball 
throw the guy yep. some back shoulders, throw him some jump balls. That's key in the red zone. And I think it's funny because we saw on Monday Night Football with the Minnesota Vikings what Kyle Rudolph did in the red zone when he had that one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. Having that big target in the red zone is key. They aren't even putting Nikhil Harry on the field in some red zone situations. We're seeing other receivers play over him in those spots. They need him to be like rookie year Rob Gronkowski. 10 touchdowns, 500 receiving yards, 40 catches. That was Gronk's production his rookie season. Can we get something like five or six red zone TDs out of Nikhil Harry? If we can get that, then that's going to go a long way for this team with their struggles right now. All right, you know me, I'm just positive. Yeah. What is, if there is any, is there good news? Is there silver lining? Is there something you have seen that indicates he either in the role they have for him now or switching his role that he can make an impact here down the stretch. Yeah, that's the silver lining is I think that once they figure out the best way to utilize his skill set, listen, you go back to Arizona State and something that his coach told me when I interviewed him over the offseason after they drafted him. He said sometimes the games would go along and Nikhil was not getting separation down the field because of his route running. He was having a difficult time getting corners off of him. So do you know what we did? We just started throwing them the ball on screens. We threw right. him 10 screens in one game, he said, against Oregon. You can go back and watch the tape. And Nikhil Harry put up over 100 yards on screen passes. Right? Because he's just sure. that type of talent. He's a dynamic guy. So once the Patriots figure out how to use his skill set and how to use him to the best of his abilities right now, not what he could be three to four years from now once he gets some route running polish but what he is right now i think you're going to see some more production out of him can the patriots win without him win without him being good or win without, win, win with, without with him breaking out a little been, bit what he's been so far with him being what he's been so far i'm sure that they could like i don't used. i don't ever want to say that they can't win right. because it's the patriots and they always seem to figure something out but like i said it would be absolutely crucial for this team if they can figure out a way to turn him into a matchup player right yeah. where you get a 5'11 cornerback on him and you let him play basketball whether that's in the open field or that's in the red zone down by the goal line that kind of just advantage that they would have with another guy that has a skill set that can do something against man coverage in certain situations in the open field and then punch the ball in in the red zone, that's going to make this offense go a lot faster. All right. What are your thoughts on Nikhil Harry so far? Are you still holding out hope? Let us know in the comments down below. Make sure you're following us online, clnsmedia.com, and on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. This edition of Patriots Press Pass has been brought to you by ExpressVPN. To get every NFL game right on your laptop or phone, visit expressvpn.com and go to expressvpn.com beat to get your first three months free. It's the rematch everybody has been waiting for. Will Patrick Mahomes finally get to touch the ball, Evan? Patriots versus Chiefs right here on Sunday. I'm Alex Barth. He's Evan Lazar. I can't confirm he's going to touch the ball on Sunday. Can't confirm. This is Patriots Press Pass brought to you by betonline.ag. Visit their website. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus. Again, that's betonline.ag. Evan, it's a rematch. Yeah. It's only, what, 10 months removed right. from the last meeting, last 11 January. months removed between sure. Patriots and the Chiefs. But a lot has changed a lot. on both sides. Let's start with the Chiefs, specifically on defense. What is what is new about the Chiefs' defense? Because I don't Everything. think there's a consensus if they're better or worse. Every, well, there's a consensus that they're better, but I know that we're going to argue about that this week. Sure. Everything has changed about the Chiefs' defense schematically. A lot of the same players, Chris Jones, you can see a lot of the same faces, but 
Bob Sutton's scheme was out of the Rex Ryan coaching tree. He ran more of a 3-4 man pressure type of look. This is a completely different new look under Steve Spagnola. They're running a 4-3. They're running a lot more zone pressure. They did play a lot of good man coverage against Oakland, but it's a heavy zone scheme. It's a 4-3 scheme, and it could not be more different than what the Patriots faced schematically out of Bob Sutton's group in January and, of course, earlier in the season in the first matchup in the regular season. So a completely new revamped schematic decisions by the Kansas City defense. I think Spagnola has them playing better ball. They're 14th right now in football outsiders DVOA metric. They were in the 20s last year. So they're playing a little bit better football. They have Juan Thornhill, the rookie in the secondary, also is a player that I really like, a safety at an interception. I think it was a pick six last week against Oakland. So a lot different on defense. They couldn't really be more polar opposite from the scheme that they played in January. And the, the scheme's all well and good, but yeah. they added Tyron Matthew. You mentioned Thornhill. Their corners yeah. are still a liability. Their corners are the weak point of their team. I, I think That's they're, they're sure. still undisciplined up front to an extent. I, I would not call this, you know, you break down, even with what the Patriots offense has done recently, you break down the four units in this game, Patriots offense, Patriots defense, Chiefs offense, Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense is the weakest of those four units in this game. Not right now. They're you not don't think play, so? They're not playing like it right now. They might be big picture wise when you look at you know from the bird's eye view and you look yep. at the rosters, you look at the composition, you look at the numbers throughout the course of the entire season. I'd probably say the Patriots offense is a little bit better than the Chiefs defense, but the way that they're playing right now, Tom Brady since the bye week, the numbers are not good, right. Alex. They're really not. It's a 51 completion percentage rate. He's averaging 5.6 yards per attempt over the last three games. 5.6. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback yep. of all time. So over the last couple of weeks, I would say the Chiefs defense has really picked up some steam. They figured some stuff out. I'm very interested to see, though, out of Spagnola, how much game plan wrinkles does he have up his sleeve? How many new things can he throw at Tom Brady? How many different things? How many game plan specific stuff? Like Romeo Cornell, for example, he had a plan for Julian Edelman. He had a plan for James White. Right. He had some planned scheme pressure that he ran at Tom Brady. Does Spagnola have that same ability, or is Brady going to see the same stuff he saw on tape all week on Sunday on the field? That might be the difference in the end. Right, offensively for the Chiefs, it's been a step backwards. They're still good. Yeah. They are still They've dealt good. dealt with some injuries on that side right, of the you, ball. You can't argue that they haven't taken a step backwards this year. However, they do have a new interesting piece Bill Belichick spoke about Wednesday morning in Nicole Hardman. Yeah, Nicole Hardman is really a part of this motion movement here in the entire yeah. NFL, but really started in Kansas City and New England. Kansas City runs a ton of orbit motion, a ton of end-around type stuff. They're going to ghost it or they fake the motion and then they just have the guy run through just to pull a defender out of a certain spot and Andy Reid is fantastic at running those ghost motions where he knows the defender is going to be pulled out of a vacated area and then he's going to run another player into that vacated area and really use that space to his advantage. All offensive coordinators play designing, whether it's Josh McDaniels or Andy Reid, the number one key is always creating open pockets of space in the passing game for your receivers to operate in. Bubbles is what a lot of coordinators call it. Andy Reid is one of the best in the business at doing that. That's why guys like Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman are so dynamic in his offense because he gets them into space one-on-one -on -one against guys and guys just can't keep up. So... You look at it on the other side as well. We here in New England, we don't think of the Patriots as a changed team because we've been around them every day for the last six months. Right. But 
You go back to the last matchup with the Chiefs. Are there any changes with the Patriots that add a new angle, a new dimension to this matchup? Well, a lot of that game against Kansas City in the AFC title game, especially, they played a lot of 4-3. I mean, it was really a 4-2-5, but whatever you want to call yeah. it, four down defensive linemen. Now, obviously, they're playing more of a 3-4 or a 3-3-5 look, and it's completely different than what they were doing last season at this point. No Trey Flowers, of course, has kind of morphed this scheme into a different sort of look where we're going with bigger defensive linemen and a lot more linebackers on the field. So, so I think that there is some schematic differences. You know, it's the same system. It's not going to take Andy Reid by surprise. They're doing kind of the same stuff that they were last year, but it's a big difference in terms of how they're actually aligning people. So I think that that's going to be different. And really, I, for both teams, though, offense versus defense, this is what this is the type of matchup that gets me giddy. It's what right. gets everybody excited. These are two of the best masterminds on their sides of the ball in the history of the league. Two of the best innovators in the history of the league as well. So this is what all it's all kind of building up to all season. I think just to backtrack for a second here, one more thing on, uh, for the Patriots that's changed last year, they had that power running game going. They yeah, were running behind James certainly. Devlin and Rob Gronkowski out of those I formations. That was huge against the Chiefs, right? That first drive, that opening drive of that AFC Championship game, yeah. just pounding the ball down the Chiefs' throat. That's not an option for them this time around. It's not an option, but I would still expect the running game to be a pretty pretty big part of this. The Chiefs, like I said, are more of a 4-3 team now. They run this 4-3 under front a lot of the time. And there are a few different guard pull gap schemes that can really expose that. Yep. I think the Patriots will probably continue to run on Sunday. Don't be surprised, too, if the Patriots run the ball out of some lighter personnel looks in this game as well. Running out of 11, maybe running out of some shotgun handoff type situations, too. I think that those are all a possibility. I think you're 100% right. It's not going to be James Devlin, the fullback. Obviously, it's not right. going to be James Devlin. It's not going to be a Landon Roberts on the field <laughs> for 20 snaps on Sunday, yeah. you know, running the football down their throats. But I think early, I think you you will see them come out and try to establish sort of a power mentality. I'm not going to say establish the run. I'm going to say a power mentality and kind of come out in some heavier personnel groupings a lot like they did against Houston and try to drive ball the, the ball down the field a little bit by running it and keeping it in the first quarter at least out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. Because if there's one thing that Andy Reid also does really well, it's that first 20-play yeah. script. He might be the best scripter in the entire league at getting his team to score on opening drives. So if you can possess the the ball a little bit in the fourth quarter and eliminate kind of a fast start for Kansas City that will go big. All right Patriots Chiefs week here we are coverage all week up to and throughout the game on clnsmedia.com and on Twitter at Patriots CLNS. This edition of Patriots Press Pass has been brought to you by betonline.ag. Visit their website use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus. For Evan Lazar I'm Alex Barth from Gillette Stadium. Thanks for watching. This is a Patriots press pass injury report update for Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. Reporting from Gillette Stadium, I'm Alex Barth for CLNS Media. This injury report update is brought to you by CBS Interactive. Download the CBS Sports HQ app to be caught up on all things sports all the time. You can get it on your preferred app store. That's CBS Sports HQ. Good news and bad news for the Patriots on the injury report on Friday. Ten players listed, two held out. Byron Coward still dealing with a head injury. And Ted Karras, the center, he's expected to miss some time after injuring his knee against Houston. The real bad news, though, for the Patriots on Wednesday, Tom Brady, who had been removed from the injury report on Friday, he is back on. He was a full participant on Wednesday, but in addition to dealing with that elbow injury, the team has added a toe designation as well. So as the Patriots offense continues to struggle, its leader dealing with injuries both in the elbow, on the throwing arm, and his toe. 
the good news for the Patriots on Wednesday. And yes, there was good news. If you remember back to last week, the big story, the team was dealing with a flu bug that was just making its way through the locker room. It appears to be mostly gone. Marcus Cannon was limited on Wednesday. He was listed with an illness designation, but he was the only player with such a designation. So it appears for now, the Patriots have beaten the best that the flu has to offer. Again, summing it up, 10 players on the injury report, including Tom Brady, but for now, the flu is gone. For the Chiefs, running back Damian Williams, he's been a key part of their offense this year. His status is still up in the air for Sunday's game. He did not practice on Wednesday with a rib injury. So Williams' status, something to monitor as the week goes on. Of course, we'll have you covered up to and throughout the game on Sunday online on clnsmedia.com and on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. This injury report update has been brought to you by CBS Interactive. Download the CBS Sports HQ app today to get up to date on all things from all sports. With the Patriots press pass injury report update from Gillette Stadium, I'm Alex Barth for CLNS. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.